0: bear hunting okay bear hunting is huge because and the people in the north they they rely on that that income yeah. okay so you get uh joe schmoe who's making maybe thirty thousand a year yeah and he decides well i'm gonna see if i can get the bear management in this area and i'm gonna i'm gonna be uh be a bear outfitter yeah and make some extra money yeah you know well a
1: couple you said a couple thousand per oh easy that's crazy that's Uh, easy like
0: like, it it, like to do a caribou hunt in in the north hmm. it's seven thousand dollars now really seven thousand dollars to do a caribou hunt in in northern Quebec (laughs) you know and how you and you can go to Africa and shoot five species of animals for five thousand dollars yeah but you got to fly down there you got to fly down there and then you got to pay for guides and well I mean that's all that's all part of it right really yeah Yeah. well And and then you have to tip your guides too yeah right because they, yeah. that's that's customary,
1: dude. I talk about that. A, I've talked about that a lot with people. Because you know, everybody always keeps on referring back to um, uh, African game. You know, mm-hmm. big. You know what? Like that seems to be the quintessential Newfoundland. Quinti- Newfoundland right? moose, five thousand right. dollars. Well, no, no, no. But, but, but hold on. I want to talk to you about this. the the African the African trophy hunt is seems to be like everybody seems to who dislikes hunting always seems to kind of eventually fixate and say
0: oh yeah well they're shooting lions and rhinoceroses and, and people i don't think people do you know it. do you know who's done the african run mm. dave malloy oh yeah down in erie trackers yeah yeah now what people don't realize is that meat is is given to the locals yeah yeah it, it, they they benefit from it yeah. and and what they're doing is because of the the seasons and whatnot they're they're keeping control numbers on the herds yep. so that they don't overpopulate
1: and I hear they shoot a lion if, if if there's one that's been known to be attacking you know people and yeah. livestock and that and I mean that's that I mean there's there's a function of hunting going down there it's 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 that see that's the, it it's funny people fixate on that and think that it's the most grotesque demonstration of you know trophy hunting at its worst right Well, here, that dentist I mean, in the well, states
0: are t- wore it on the chin when yeah. he shot the lion.
1: You know, I don't know how that all went down, but like it was, it was, um, you know, uh, boiled down to the thing not being in the area it was supposed to be in or something like that. Like he went into an area where he was supposed to. um, be No, but you know what? Though the idea though that you would shoot. That you would shoot a lion or a tiger, you know, like something something that big and beautiful. And not not tigers, obviously in Africa, but uh, like elephants and stuff like that. You're right. It goes to the it goes to the tribes, right? Like they actually get back. So you're you're paying all these people to take you out there, take care of you, and then you're giving the meat to the people, and then you know you might you might what take take home you know, the head, I mean, how much money, how much money is spent on this? Like, I mean,
0: I, I'm told that
1: people spend like, like upwards of a million bucks like to do, no. to do this sort
0: of thing. No, 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 you're looking at, you can go to the hunting show and you can, they, it's been a, there's been a quite a, a bit of a push at the hunting shows now. They have the last hunting, sh- the outdoor show in the spring. Mm. I think it's going to be this month too. Uh, if you were to go there and I would encourage you to, because mm. you'll see all sorts of different things. Um, you know, they have their booths set up and, and there used to be like maybe one booth and maybe you went online to look up these places. Mm. There's like five or six or seven now Yeah, booths set up all, all outfitters and everything else like this that you can sign up for mm-hmm. and uh, different parts of Africa, you know, and you know all of them are offering like uh, multi-species uh, tickets, you know, like you can shoot five species. now. Bo- now, Dave mm. does it with bow.
1: He goes to Africa with a bow and arrow. Yes. Oh, that's, that's
0: messed. <laughs> okay, he does his that's stuff messed. with bow and arrow. Uh, that's messed. Okay, I, 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 but I... he is, he is a very accomplished bow hunter. Yes. He's done bow hunting f- way longer than I have. Yeah. And and he runs a bear service up north. Yes. Okay, he through his, his shop, he runs it up in, in Timmins or Timiskaming area up there.
1: Yeah.
0: And every year he runs up there and he does baiting, yeah. and he, sets, he has the tree stands all set up and everything else like this, and he brings in clients.
1: You know I, all right, what? What what I want to say is this. Uh, um, you know, for the people that don't. Uh, know much about African game. They are the toughest animals on the planet. Like, I mean, the, the, there's, there's kind of a general understanding that if you're going to shoot something in Africa, it, it, it has had, you know, uh, millions of years of evolution to grow into, uh, you know, probably a, a pretty resilient animal uh, residing in one of the harshest environments in the world still today. And to go out there with a bow. And I mean, I got, I got nothing but respect for hunters in general, but for the guys that actually get out there with a bow and do the hunting with a bow. I mean, folks, this isn't this isn't always about a guy with a high-powered rifle, uh, you know, uh, described as being a mile away from some poor, innocent deer. It's not like that. I mean, I can tell you right now that there's there's a lot involved, uh, you know, in, in, in bow hunting. And you really got to know your stuff, and you really have to be a skilled operator with a bow to hunt, in, in my opinion. Uh, you're operating at ranges that are much closer. Oh, uh, yeah, like, I mean, you know, you're getting, if you're hunting for something, and, I mean, remember, folks. These are wild animals. I mean, and, and, and don't think that just because you're not in Africa, they're not dangerous. They're, they they can be, and don't think the deer can't be dangerous. Uh, you know, like there's these 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 animals do have you know uh, the necessary natural equipment uh, to defend themselves and to injure people. Uh, I've heard uh, horror stories. You know, of people getting you know gored. Uh, you know, definitely uh, kicked. You know, they get a little too close. Uh, then they're they not necessarily interested in shooting the animal, and the animal still you know makes its way. Closer. Close to you, feeling very territorial, and may decide to uh, you know whack at you. And I mean, if you don't think that you know a 150-pound deer or 200-pound deer can't knock you flat on your ass, well, uh, moose are very dangerous. and moose are very dangerous. I've heard the stories of people smashing into these things with their cars accidentally, and the moose getting up and running away and leaving a pile of you know mangled steel behind that used to be your car. Uh, you know, certainly a realistic danger for the people out there that uh, live in the rural areas. I would. I would wholeheartedly uh, recommend that you invest in in deer whistles. Uh, I know that in my short stay uh, working out in Flamborough as a police officer, I was very, very happy uh, to know that uh, you know a lot of people were making good use of deer whistles in their cars to uh, scare away the animals, and, and you could actually see it. I actually saw it uh, happen once. You saw a deer making its way for the uh, roadway, at a good clip. You know this thing was sprinting across the field, and all of a sudden it just turned around and went the other way, and mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I stopped the car in front of me and I spoke to the gentleman and I asked. I said, "You know what? I got to ask. Uh, does your is your car equipped with a deer whistle? You know, like do you live out here?" And he he, he uh, confirmed my 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 suspicions is that he he was in fact uh, uh, operating a vehicle that had this little deer whistle, which is just a little a little device that fits on the you know the undercarriage of your car or you know underneath the front bumper. You can't even see it. It looks like it looks like something that would go on a bicycle, you know, small, but it it, it manages to scare away deer and if you want to spare yourself uh, you know the uh, dissatisfaction of damaging your car horribly if you find yourself driving uh, quite often out in rural areas uh, invest in this you know a little10 dollars whistle that, that sticks to the bottom of your car uh, it could save your life it could save a deer's life uh, I again highly recommend it um, you know like there's there's so many things you know that you uh, encounter uh, working out in uh, rural areas and being out uh, you know in, in mother nature that's that's definitely one of them um, you know bugs you've you've described to us before being out and just taking it all in and uh, certainly uh, you know I haven't done enough of that but uh, the calming effect it can have on people is is fascinating to me Uh, you know in this world where we're all kind of just hustling along as fast as we can uh, it's nice to see people reconnecting with nature and uh, to see guys like you doing it and, and people that I care about doing it has always been kind of important to me you know what would you, what would you say what would you say uh, you know just to, just to continue on with the, the vein of hunting cuz i mean i love love having you on the show and discussing it uh, you know hunting and food preparation and then this is something that uh, also I've noticed about the hunting community, ladies and gentlemen. In addition to uh, not being bloodthirsty murderers, they're also uh, quite often accomplished chefs. I- I've seen a lot of hunters yep. that, you know, would surprise you. You know, uh, you, know the, you, you watch them walking into their house wearing flannel, and they, they may look a little bit rough uh, and unpolished until they get into the kitchen. And you know what? Then all that pride and time, energy spent, and money that went into uh, obtaining that, animal uh, is is also my it migrates into the kitchen folks I have some of the best meals I've ever had have been uh, those that I've had at hunters homes and uh, certainly my uh, my good friend Frank uh, has uh, on occasion fed me venison uh, I know I've had uh, sausage here and stew uh, you know for the people out there that don't think that bear uh, can't be delicious I would disagree uh, bear bear stew uh, with a fresh loaf of bread from the local bakery uh, you know just leave leave the pot on the table folks uh it's it's incredible if it's prepared properly like i mean
0: you got some favorite recipes there bugsy that you can think of off the top of your head well i think i think if you're going to talk about hunting you have to talk about the phases of hunting i mean there's the preparation there's the actual hunt and then there's the the uh, gathering of the animal or the getting of the animal yeah and then there's the preparation of the actual um of the meat and you have to take you have to take uh it very seriously. I mean, it's it's. You don't want the meat to spoil. I mean, there's certain rules that you have to abide by, and uh, taking care of the meat and and processing it properly is huge. I yeah. mean, why why waste all your effort? If you if you're not going to do it right,
1: yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and and again, uh, one of those places that uh, I would be amiss if I didn't discuss this. Uh, you know, one of those uncomfortable subjects that people don't want to talk about, and that's something that we do here on the Canadian Gun Vault. Uh, unfortunately, if we're gonna if we're really gonna have an impact, we got to discuss the uncomfortable issues. I don't mean to sound like Justin Trudeau, uh, but you know, it's important that we have you know a meaningful discussion. Uh, regarding, you know, the preparation of these animals, uh, people don't want to have to think uh, about you know, hanging an animal upside down and draining the blood, or skinning it, or or, or, or taking away the meat from the bone. I mean, even some hunters I know that, that, that will take their meat uh, to uh, the local meat backing plant uh, and to their favorite, you know, to perhaps to their favorite butcher. Uh, that's you know. that's another part of the economy.
0: Yeah. And but that person has decided that they want a proper bona fide butcher to look after their animal. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, nope, nothing. Uh, one of the things I've learned to do mm-hmm. is I've learned to look after it myself, and yes. I and I really like. Uh, You know, taking the certain cuts of meat that I like to use Mm -hmm. and, and basically preparing them properly in my favorite way yes Uh, you know there's there's I
1: that's a that's another thing people have people have their own methods folks I've seen I've never seen uh, you you think that there can only be one way to process meat Uh, you know like some people some people insist on waiting uh, specific amounts of time other people you know obviously temperatures an issue
0: Uh, huge issue issue. and now since since we've had all these warm spells in the fall yes I mean one of the things that's uh, changed for me and I've been lucky enough to be able to find a butcher yes. who and and by law they cannot uh, Store wild game with domesticated uh, meat. Okay. okay, they have to have a separate cooler and it's all very governed uh, very strictly So you have to be able to find a butcher that will actually uh, hang your meat or your deer uh, and Keep it cool until you're ready to butcher it and you you want to hang it for at least a good couple of days three okay. days four days five days depending um, because you want to make sure that that, that the blood's out of it, mm-hmm. and it'll make the meat better. Yes. Um, and what I usually do is I'll, I will pay that butcher. Yes. To hang my deer. Yes. Okay. In a, in a controlled environment where mm-hmm. it's nice temperature. Yep. Uh, under seven degrees Celsius. Okay. And then I and then I bring it home and then I butcher it myself. Uh,
1: again, you know, like just all the things you don't think about, tightly regulated by you know Food and Drug, mm-hmm. uh, you know, administrations. Uh, you know the the the, the expense that uh, perhaps a butcher would incur having a separate storage facility, the money he takes in from you, uh, you know, in the and the other hunters that might come his way. Um, you know, is, is there is there is there anybody specific that you use? I mean,
0: uh, well, right, right. now uh, there's uh, there's a. Um, uh, a butcher just outside of Caledonia that I use yeah okay. um, and he's very well known okay in, in the in the hunting area right. um, and he has a separate cooler yep and it's all been looked after by the ministry and yeah. I would take my deer there uh, to store yep and uh, I know he does moose yeah I know he does bear uh, but then again logistically I mean and here's where economy comes into it again um, so you get a moose up north and now you have to transport that moose down here yes. if you want to bring it down here yes but what about the temperature if the temperature is too hot yes. what are you going to do you have to be able to have that meat cooled or you have to find a butcher or an abattoir up in that local area to handle the meat,
1: and we're not talking about a couple of steaks in the cooler that you put in the uh, back of the family truckster, folks. We're we're talking about we're talking about you know large animals
0: and uh, transporting them, uh, the weights involved, uh, the uh, well, logistically moose yeah. is 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 a huge undertaking. So when you when you see the trucks going down the road, yes. the QEW or whatever, and they're loaded with ATVs and boats on top of the yes, trailers, yes, and generators, and and you've got. Gas cans, and you, you're bringing all that into the bush with you. I mean, yes. that the moose don't live on the edge of the road. No, they don't. I mean, that's where that's where some people see
1: them, and again, and again, misconceptions among the metropolitan communities. You know, thinking that, thinking that you don't have to, you know, make your way into, you know, you know, tens of kilometers of bush to get what you want, and
0: then get it, get it out of there. And no, I mean, mind you, all that work is is kind of fun, yes, in, in a way, but it is work, yes, uh, it is an effort, yes. At the end of the day, you sit down with your friends. You have a drink yes. socialize and that's part of that's part of the hunting uh, regiment okay uh, that you, it's it's also a, so, a social factor as yes well. yeah. like I mean I belong to a, a club that had believe it or not uh, 24 people yes. in, in this group yes 24 people in a group okay. that would come together yes uh, several occasions throughout the year yep. a work party in the spring work party in the fall okay and then also go hunting okay and and this group a cohesive group got together we all cooperated with each other we all did our parts we had work parties we had all sorts of stuff and functioning as a group like that because we had to apply for moose tags as a group okay okay so the more you had the better chance of you getting a moose tag all right so so hold
1: on now we've got we've got what you were describing to me, and I've heard this before, and I think this is important to share with the audience. You've got, you know, this interesting social dynamic. You've got a group of people that share a common interest, uh, that are going out there with skill sets, uh, working in concert with one another. Uh, you know, in, in, in many cases, you know, uh, driving. Uh, I know that they will, they will drive animals. You know, you'll, you'll have so many people at one end of a specific geographic area moving forward and then driving, in, you know, perhaps potentially an animal towards the other hunters in an effort to, to more expeditiously, you know, perform perhaps you can't just can't just sit around and wait for them all the time folks it's not a sure bet you could that's the other thing you could spend all this time money and energy get out there and come home empty-handed in fact it happens more often than not people don't realize it coming home empty-handed means uh for some people being hungry and certainly the idea of this group of people working together in concert uh to try and harvest you know an animal and then share the meat i mean can you think of anything more natural i mean we're talking we're talking about getting back to the basics and and this is what hunters are doing uh you know they're not they're not bad people folks they're engaging in a practice that has been around since the dawn of man and and you know what why wouldn't we respect that and I mean to top it all off I I get into this argument with people sometimes and this is where I might get a little more heated Uh, definitely you know you get people that stand on that moral high ground and say you know what shame on you for going out there and shooting an animal why say shame on you you've got somebody out there that's actually doing what you're afraid to do you go into a grocery store so you don't have to hunt down your own meat you don't have to hang it up and and you don't have to prepare it yourself and you don't have to kill it and you don't have to skin it and you know what I got more respect for the guy that actually takes the time expends the energy spends the money right and engages in a practice that is very natural very healthy I might add and good for the economy and he, he's going out there and he's doing it you're going into a grocery store not that I begrudge people from going to the grocery stores I'm one of them uh, but at the same time don't go don't go standing on your chair telling hunters how bad they are uh, because they're doing something that I quite frankly think is 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 very good uh, in so many ways for canada and it's such a strong part of our heritage i mean how can you ignore that and so when you describe this group of people getting together i mean hunting buddies right good
0: guys right oh yeah everybody you know for the most part everybody gets along occasionally you have uh, your marital moments <laughs> camp where somebody pisses somebody off or something but you know generally everybody gets along you have to yeah i mean you're you're working together way back in the bush yep. somewhere and yep. uh you know And everybody pitches in, does their part, and, uh, you know, makes it easier for everybody. Many hands make less work. Yes, Uh, yes. I've heard that expression, and I love it. And, uh, you know, and... and like you said, everybody brings something to the table. We had uh, many contractors in the group, so their their trades were able to, uh, you know, facilitate a lot of things like how to hang a meat pole. Uh, okay. You know, let's they would bring equipment in. They would bring all sorts of stuff in.
1: Everybody brings something to the table. Oh, now, absolutely. now isn't now isn't that something something uh, positive and meaningful? All right, to the equation bringing people together right with uh, one one purpose uh, a legal uh, purpose I might add getting together and uh, and working uh, towards a common goal and bringing uh, different skill sets uh, to the table is you know that's just fascinating for me and I, and I love the idea of people doing that and I'm so glad you know to have friends that are part of it and I'm proud of you bugs and it's always a pleasure having you here on the show thank you so much right for sharing uh, with us again we uh, we can't get enough of the hunting community here at the Canadian Gun Vault. I find myself more and more every day uh, appreciating what it is that you guys do and, and certainly uh, the impact you have uh, in a very positive way on Canada and, uh, and our economy and uh, on our environment. Thank you so much again, Bugsy, for being here with us. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. All right. Well, folks, we hope you've enjoyed this uh, short podcast. That's about all the time we have today. It looks like Tucker's mowing down on his bone pretty good, so I'm going to stop the podcast now. Otherwise, you guys are going to be treated to the crunching sounds of uh, his delight there as I'm going to try and wrestle this thing for him shortly and probably get into a tussle with him anyway we hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe to everything we do here share this we love getting good word around about what the uh, hunting community is doing and the good they're doing for the uh, the economy and for uh, our communities and as always canada don't be afraid to shoot straight stay safe